The following audio is from The Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? I heard like one person just very familiar, like, good, I'm so glad. Uh, Hey, if I have never met you before, let me introduce myself. My name is Jesse, and I'm the youth pastor here at the Grove Church, and really just excited for the opportunity to share with all of you today. I don't know who did that, but thank you. Hey, there you are in the back. I love you. Uh, I'm excited to be sharing with all of you today, uh, but before we dive in to today's message, I do think it is appropriate just to take a moment to stop and pause on the real reason for this weekend. You know, it can be easy, especially if you're looking at social media, to get lost in the barbecues and the vacations, and if you're like anything like me, the yard work, um, and forget what the weekend is actually about for Memorial Day, and that is to acknowledge and remember uh, those who served our country so bravely that they paid the ultimate sacrifice for the freedom that we have today. There are people uh, in our church and in our community uh, who, for some, uh, this weekend isn't necessarily just celebration, but it's also remembering loved ones who paid that price. And so uh, if that's you today, know that as a church, we stand with you, we're praying for you, and we thank you uh, for bearing that. And before we go any further, I would just like to pray uh, today. Is that all right? God, I thank you so much for the opportunity, God, that we have to gather together And God, today we also stand before you and we thank you, Lord, for those men and women, God, who served our country bravely and paid the ultimate price for our freedom. God, the very reason that we can be here today, that we can be gathered in worship, God, is because of the price that they have paid. Uh, So God, today I pray, Lord, that just as your word says, God, that you would draw near to the brokenhearted. God, that you would save those who are crushed in spirit. So God, we lift up those families to you today. God, where this isn't necessarily, God, just a weekend with some time off, but God, it's remembering, God, a loved one who is no longer here. God, I pray, Lord, that your comfort and your peace would draw close to them, be with their family. And God, for the rest of us, help us to come around them. And God, not just to, to um, God, have some time off or do anything like that, but God, also to do so, remembering, God, the reason for our freedom. So God, we thank you so much again for your love. God, as we dive into this series, Enemy at Work Today, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would guide us. God, as we even delve into this conversation of prayer, God, that you would remind us to be more prayerful into this next season than we ever have been. So God, we love you, we thank you, we give you today, and everyone said amen. Uh, Well, hey, if you're here today, again, I just wanna say thank you uh, for joining us. Again, my name is Jesse, I'm the youth pastor. If you are joining us online as well, so glad that you could be here with us today. Uh, Maybe if you're joining us online, you are somewhere that is sunnier than it is in Washington right now, um, and that is just good for you. So anyways, again, I'm the youth pastor. Something I'm excited about, which I just wanna kind of dream about with you for a minute, is that in light of our state looking like it's reopened, and uh, things like this improving. Uh, We are officially going to be doing summer camp for students this summer. And so I'm so excited. And uh, let me just tell you, one, if you're here and you can think back 
to a summer camp memory, maybe, or maybe you have no idea what a summer camp even is. Maybe you're here and you're a student and it's been a couple years or you've never been. Summer camp is an incredible life-changing week for students to get away and to encounter the love of Jesus. You know, I trace back so many significant moments in my life to when I went to a summer camp and had a moment with God. That's where I gave my heart to him. That's where I first felt a calling to go into ministry and God really changed the trajectory of my life at a camp and did so much in my heart. And here's the deal. Uh, In the past, we've done something called an every kid to camp offering. And this offering happens on Father's Day every year. And since we will be having uh, camps again, I'm excited to say that we will be doing that offering again on the 20th. And simply what it is, is we're taking up an offering uh, for to scholarship students and kids to go to different camps and conferences throughout the year. Because we firmly believe that when they have that opportunity to get away, to be alone with Jesus, that God changes them. And who knows that, especially after the past year and a half, a kid really should get out of the house a little bit, right? So um, I'm excited for camp for that reason. And so here's what I would do. If you believe in students and if you wanna see their lives changed and you feel like God is leading you to give, would you come prepared on Sunday, June 20th, it is Father's Day, and we're gonna take up a special offering to help out our kids and our students going to camp. Uh, So part of this for camp, it's uh, July 5th through the 9th, so if you're a parent, you can write that down. Some communication will be coming out this week, Um, and the cost is $239. However, we do have um, multi-child family discounts, of 50% off for every subsequent kid after the first one that is registered. When you give to the Every Kid to Camp offering, it goes to help offset the cost. Because also too, in light of COVID, we wanna do whatever we can to be a blessing to families and to keep the cost down as much as possible. Uh, Again, so come prepared uh, for that Sunday. And today we're gonna be continuing our conversation of Enemy at Work. This is actually part eight. And we'll be sort of diving into this idea of prayer and how the enemy works against us within that. And so as we jump in today, I wanna ask a question and you simply have to answer by raising your hand. How many of you have ever encountered a situation where you had absolutely no idea what to do? Right? Okay, so just about every hand went up in this room. Um, Maybe you like froze in the moment and you didn't raise your hand. Like, it's okay. You just had a situation where you weren't sure what to do. One of the earliest situations I can remember is when I was a little kid. I think I was somewhere from the age of five to seven years old, and I remember waking up with a nightmare. Anyone ever woken up with a nightmare as a little kid? And one of those, you know, first responses for me in that moment is when you wake up from a nightmare, where do you go? You run into your parents' room and wake them up at two in the morning, which they love, I'm sure. And so I remember waking up from a nightmare, running into my parents' room, and as I was starting to crack open the door, I stopped dead in my tracks. And in this moment, I heard what I thought was a tiger, when in reality, it was actually my parents snoring. (laughs) But when you're a little kid, you don't know that, right? And so I remember running out of my parents' out of my room, going into my parents' room, and then stopping dead in my tracks because I thought, oh my gosh, there's a tiger that's going to eat my parents. It's going to eat me too, but I can't go back into my room. And so what I did in this moment, I actually just sat in the hallway, I think for at least an hour or two between our two bedrooms, just panicking and thinking like, oh God, I need you to help me right now because Jesus, it's not looking good. And I don't think my prayer was that articulate as like a five-year-old, but you get the idea. But all silliness aside, all of us face situations where we don't know what to do. 
especially over the past year and a half with the pandemic, many of us have faced sickness. Many of us have maybe faced the loss of a loved one or maybe a friend who lost a loved one. Some of us maybe have encountered financial difficulties, whether that is the loss of a job or a reduction in pay. For many of us, that could even look like a broken or estranged relationship where we're not sure how to reach out, we're not sure what to say or how to build that bridge. And my question for all of us today is when it comes to a situation where we don't know how to respond, where we don't know what's next, when we don't have the answers, when we encounter these moments in our life, is our first response to go to God in prayer? Is our first response to pray and say, God, I don't know what to do, I need you? Or is our first response to try to figure everything out on our own? You see, one of the passages which has sort of been the theme throughout this series, Enemy at Work, is Ephesians chapter six, and we're gonna be in verse 12 today, but it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Skipping ahead to verse 18, Paul continues, and he says to pray in the spirit at all times and on all occasions. Stay alert and persistent in your prayers for all the believers everywhere. See, again, over the past year and a half, we've seen the enemy try to divide. We've seen the enemy try to distract. We've seen the enemy try to sow seeds of doubt and to ultimately draw people away from God. And I believe that it's no mistake that when Paul writes this passage, after he lists out what the armor of God is, that he says, we must pray when? Not sometimes, not on specific occasions, but at all times and on all occasions. And that when we pray, we are to be alert. You see, there is an enemy, again, who is trying to divide, to distract, to create discouragement in all of our lives. And again, Paul writes us this, I believe, because he understands something that you and I need to understand today. And that is that prayer is our connection to God. In the moments when we don't know what to do, prayer allows us to have access to God's guidance. In the moments where we're lost and confused, prayer gives us access to God's forgiveness. Prayer changes us, it changes our situations, and it has power, and it is one of the biggest things the enemy wants to cut from our lives because it's a strategy. I don't know if there's anyone else in this room who loves board games. Anyone a board game person? Okay, 8.30, there wasn't a lot either. But for those of you who love board games, you're my people. Come over later, it'll be great. We'll have a great time, never mind. Um, but when you think about a game, right? Most of us have at least played a board game, right? Who's played a board game in some form of your life? Okay, see, maybe if you're not a board game person, it's because you lose sometimes, I don't know. I'm competitive too, I understand. And what's funny is if you were to look at uh, my wife, Joy, and I, both of us are highly competitive people when it comes to playing board games. And I would just like to officially apologize. There's a couple members of our life group in here who have seen how competitive we get. So I'm so sorry. Thanks for being our friends anyway. But when you're playing a board game, when you're trying to win, there's a lot of strategy that's involved. And if you see that your opponent is going down a path that ultimately leads to victory, that ultimately leads to success, you want to what? Stop them. So I think I heard destroy them. Did someone say that? <laughs> I mean, hey. 
Uh, that's all right, you know, it's cool. But when it comes to this conversation of prayer, what we have to remember is that in a similar fashion, the enemy wants to try to dissuade us from praying. He wants us to keep us from making prayer a priority because he knows that if the body of Christ commits to prayer, and I believe that in this next season that God is calling us to pray like we never have before, if we do that, the foothold that he has begins to lessen. You see, when we disconnect from prayer, we have to remember that we ultimately disconnect from God. We disconnect from our relationship with him. We don't have the same leading in our life that we need, but when we go to God in prayer, he is there to lead us, to guide us. But yet, how many of us in this room would say that we spend so many hours of our life trying to figure things out on our own before we go to God? Maybe you're trying to figure out how to make ends meet, and you sat mulling over the budget for hours trying to make all the numbers work, when ultimately maybe the best thing for you to do first is just to pray. How many of us do have a broken relationship and we're praying for God to work and to mend it and yet we always struggle to remember to have God be the first thing that we go to within that? What situation in your life that you're navigating now, maybe you haven't given up on prayer entirely but in a specific situation where you feel discouraged and like you don't remember to pray. You see, this is what the enemy wants. He wants us to stop praying because ultimately it removes the focus from God and what he can do onto us and what we can do. Prayer isn't about our own power. Prayer isn't about our own ability, but it's about the leading of God and we should pray always. And you see this idea reinforced in the book of James chapter five, verse 13 through 18. And James writes, starting in verse 13, he says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective." You see, James in this passage reminds us to pray on, on all occasions. If you're suffering, if you're dealing with trouble and hardship, you should pray. If things are going really well, if you're experiencing God's blessing in your life, then you should sing songs of praise and say, God, thank you so much. If you or someone you know is battling with sickness, then we're supposed to take that to God in, in prayer. And not only that, but call other people to pray as well. If you're dealing with sin, and there's a mistake that you can't seem to shake and break from your life, then you're supposed to go with that to God in prayer. And I believe one of the reasons that James tells us to pray on all occasions is because ultimately, it, again, surrenders our will, our own power, and our own strength and forces us to rely on Jesus in hardships, to thank him when there are good things in our life that aren't even from us. But today I believe that we often don't pray or don't pray effectively because for many of us, it is inward focused or feeling based. We think when we go into prayer, God, you know, after I'm done praying, I would love to feel better. God, after I'm done praying, I would love for this situation to be remedied and to see the outcome that I'm looking for. God, when I go to you in prayer, I want to see these specific things, I want to feel better. But so often our feelings 
at the end of this keep us away from prayer? If we're suffering and encountering hardship, we can be so anxious and distracted or worried trying to figure things out on our own that we don't stop to say, God, I need you. If things are going well and we're feeling really good on the flip side, our feelings at the same time keep us from remembering to thank God. Some of us can even slip subconsciously into this idea that the good things we have in this life are from us and our own doing, when in reality, it's all a blessing from God. How often do we allow these inward-focused feelings to lead us away from prayer? You know, if you've been here throughout this series, we've been also talking, part of our conversation has been about a book called The Screwtape Letters. And it's by a guy named C.S. Lewis who wrote this book. And the premise of the book is essentially writing to someone who he calls his nephew, not C.S. Lewis, but essentially the analogy in the book is a demon who is raising up another demon in how to tempt and lead people away from Christ. So that's the premise of the book. And in one of the letters, this demon writes to what they call a junior demon in the book. And again, also too, like if you're not familiar with this, this all sounds very strange. Just gonna name it. But it helps us understand the strategies of the enemy. But here's what it says in page 17. It says, whenever they are attending or praying to the enemy himself, we are defeated. But there are ways of preventing them from doing so. The simplest is to turn their gaze from him towards themselves. Keep them watching their own minds and trying to produce feelings there by the action of their own wills. When they meant to pray and ask God for charity, let them instead start trying to manufacture charitable feelings for themselves and not notice that this is what they're doing. When they meant to pray for courage, let them really be trying to feel brave. When they say they're praying for forgiveness, let them be trying to feel forgiven. Teach them to estimate the value of each prayer by their success in producing the desired feeling and never let them suspect how much success or failure of that kind depends on whether they are will or ill, fresh or tired at the moment. You see, again, we see in two different passages here this idea that on all times and on all occasions we are to pray. Paul, again, tells us that back in Ephesians. And then in James chapter five, he writes again that we are to pray when things are going well, when things are going bad, when we're sick, when we're stuck in sin, whatever it might be, we are to pray in these situations. But ultimately at the day as people, we're wired to like things that help us to feel better. That's one of the reasons why when we go to God in prayer, we want to see a specific result. We want it to produce a desired feeling. God, when I pray because I know I messed up and I'm asking for your forgiveness, I also want to feel better at the same time. And that's not always how it works out. But again, the tension is understandable. As people, we like things that make us feel good. You know, recently, uh, over the past year and a half, my wife bought a home. My wife and I bought a home with me. Um, And for the first time in my life, I have my own lawn to take care of. And I don't know if anyone else out there where you just like kind of obsess over your lawn care. You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, But this is totally me. Like I leaned fully into that. And I remember one day I looked out my window and I saw this beautiful field of flowers in my backyard called dandelions. Anyone else hate that? (laughs) So I look out there, I see all these dandelions and I look at my wife, Joy, and I say, I declare war today. And she was like, what? And then I went to the hardware store. I didn't really explain. And so I went to buy, (laughs) I did. I went to buy this bag of weeding feed. And if you understand how it works, essentially you spread it all over your grass. And the idea is that it helps the lawn grow while also killing the weeds that are in your yard. And I remember buying this and going out there and putting it on my lawn. And I wasn't really sure how long it was gonna take for the results to kick in. So here I am waiting 
30 minutes pass by. <laughs> They're still there being dandelions. A couple hours pass by, still nothing. A couple days pass by, nothing happens. A week, some signs maybe start to happen that the stuff is working. You see, when I think about how often in my own life when I pray, there are moments where I want to see results right away. There's moments where I want my prayers to produce the desired feeling right off the bat. But guys, that is not how it works the majority of the time. Oftentimes when we pray, yes, God hears our prayers and God answers our prayers. However, that doesn't mean that he answers them exactly the way we want him to or exactly when we want him to. And sometimes, again, the tension that we face is that we want to feel better. We want to see the results when we go to God in prayer. And when we don't see that right away, the enemy gets in the middle of that and starts to discourage us from prayer. Starts to cause us hate to think, hey, does prayer actually work? Does it actually make a difference? Does God actually care about this situation that I'm feeling? How many of us have given up on prayer, maybe not entirely, but at least for specific situations because it hasn't produced yet the desired feelings or results? And on the flip side of that, how many of us remember to pray when things are a struggle, when there is hardship that we're facing, but when things are good, we forget? The analogy I use for this is imagine that you're driving down a road in your car, the windows are down, we have some sunshine in Washington, anyone else a little happy about that? You're blaring the music, maybe going a little fast, life is great, and the moment you start praying is when you see the red and blue flashing lights in your mirror. Come on, anyone? Okay, we're all perfect here, I understand. I've been there, and in that moment, you start to pray. (laughs) Like, Lord, if there's a way I cannot get this ticket in this moment, that would be awesome. So for all of us today, when it comes to this idea of prayer, I would also challenge you, do you not just pray when you're experiencing hardship, but do you also pray and thank God for what you have when things are going well? You see, today I believe that we will ultimately give up on prayer if it's focused on ourselves and our feelings. Because at the end of that road, all that there is is disappointment. If you're hoping to have prayers answered on a timetable, if you're hoping that in the end, like you'll have certain feelings that are produced that you'll feel better about life, you'll end up disappointed because that is not the point of prayer. But the point of prayer is to surrender our life to Jesus, to say, God, here's what I'm navigating. Here's my problems. Here's my brokenness. God, I need you to move. James again says that the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective do you know what makes the prayer of the righteous person powerful and effective? It's because someone who is righteous lives their life sold out to and in alignment with the will of God. And the more and more that we spend time in prayer, the more and more that we surrender to God, the more and more that our prayers and our walk with him will come into alignment with who God is leading and creating us to be as people. That's why if you remember nothing else from this message, I would say to remember this, and that is that effective prayer begins with surrendering to God. You even see this in the gospels, right? Jesus is teaching people how to pray. And in Matthew chapter six, verses nine through 13, he gives us what is called the Lord's prayer. He says, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See what we don't see in this passage of scripture is starting prayer off by saying, hey God, like hallowed be thy name, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But it says, no God, your will be done on earth. God, your will be done in my life. Maybe a simple application point for you this week when it comes to this idea of prayer is to start by surrendering your will to God. To say, God, hey, in this situation, God, with this need, with this feeling I'm struggling with, God, here's my request to you, but God, at the end of the day, not my will be done, your will be done. You know, I think back to some prayers I've prayed in my past, especially when I was going through high school and college, and I'm really grateful that God didn't answer a lot of them the way I thought I wanted him to. Because at the end of the day, God's will for our lives is better than our own will for our lives. And we say, God, I surrender my will. Something powerful happens because then that gives God space to lead us and to guide us. The next thing is this, and that is to surrender your time, to trust God. Maybe you have a busy schedule and you think, man, I don't have a lot of time for prayer. Someone once told me this, that if you make time for God, you'll have time for everything else that you need. And in our lives today, it can be busy, especially as we're starting to maybe move out of COVID and most of us are starting to maybe go back to work or life is ramping back up and sports are happening again. Life can feel really busy, but what does it look like for you to find a window of time that you're going to surrender? And I'm not just gonna say 15 minutes a week, but I'm gonna say daily. What does it look like for you to be willing to surrender your will and to also surrender your time and to give God the space he needs to speak into your life and to lead you? And then ultimately, I think about what would our church look like if going into this next season, we were a people who were committed to God in prayer like never before. Every single person in this room, you have people in your life that you influence, that you connect with on a daily basis. And those people, honestly, are people that you should be in prayer for. Yes, we need to pray and lift up our own needs to God, but also there is an element where we need to be in prayer as a church for our community and, as our, and for our world. And say, God, would you move in not just my life, but also in their situations? God, would your will be done in every situation that we face? What would it look like if in this next season, we as the Grove Church were more committed to God than ever before? Because can I tell you, yes, the past year and a half, it's been really tough. Some of you are encountering deep challenges and struggles right now, but God isn't done. God has hope for you. That's the message of the gospel, that Jesus came and he died and gave his life, not so that we'd have to figure everything out on our own, but so that we could walk with him, that we could be forgiven, that we could have a relationship with God through prayer. And so if you're here today, can I just encourage you, but that relationship is open to you whether you've never prayed to God before or it's been a while and you've sort of drifted from that, can I tell you that God is there with open arms to hear your prayers. And as long as we're willing to surrender our will to him, to surrender our lives to him, then he will guide us and lead us and shape us into the people he's creating us to be. So if you're here tonight, we talk about this idea of surrendering our will through prayer, having it being about God. And in, the mo in a moment here, I just wanna pray for you. 
And whether you're here today um, in person or whether you're joining us online, again, so glad that you're here. What I want to encourage you with is that as I pray for you, that you would also think about that one situation, that one moment, that one relationship, whatever it is that you've been trying to take to God in prayer. Today, would you be willing to pray and say, God, in this situation, God, in this need, God, I surrender it to you and allow God to move. Allow God to guide you. Allow God to lead you and shape you and change you. And I believe he will move. And it may be right now in this moment. It may be in a couple weeks, maybe a couple years, but our God is faithful. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. God, that when we come before you in prayer, God, when we lay our lives down before you, when we surrender our hearts and our wills to you, God, that you continue to shape us and guide us and help us become the people you've created us to be. God, would you remind us all today what it means, God, when this passage says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. God, I pray that in all we do as we surrender, our lives would come into alignment with you into your will for our lives. God, that in this next season, God, that as we even right now in this moment, God, whether we're sitting in these chairs, whether we're sitting at home on our couch, God, that we would understand what it means to surrender our will to you. God, would you move? God, would you be with us today? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.